0: Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hey there, thank you for joining us for this episode of Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. I'm Aaron. I'm a co-host here with Dr. Banning, who is sitting directly across from me in the studio here in beautiful White House, Tennessee. Dr. Banning, how are you? I'm
1: doing good good had a great day today and uh excited about this podcast
0: and we're coming up on uh, a holiday weekend so that's nice yes we're going to the ark are you really yeah we got a
1: couple of in-laws that we really enjoy hanging out with so
0: we're gonna go out there and take the bikes and hang out in a bbr that sounds like a lot of fun i've never been there but i want to go
1: it's not as fun as hiking in the appalachian trail
0: (laughs) that's debatable what we're doing is nothing
1: (laughs) compared to what you're
0: doing it's a whole different podcast good night yeah we're heading up uh to spend our holiday weekend on the trails and Lori's gonna drag you through the trails yes like she did and we had a test run last weekend yeah yeah took all we got some new equipment and i camped first time i camped in a hammock instead of a tent how was that awesome Yeah, I'm sold. I don't think I'll ever sleep in a tent again. So if you run
1: into a bear, all Lori has to do is run faster than you, right? Uh, Or vice versa. Exactly,
0: yes. (laughs) Yes. We're taking one of my slow friends, so.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: (laughs) Giving them free food and everything. Yes, fattening them up a little bit. (laughs) Okay, speaking of fattening up, we were discussing on our last podcast uh, the mechanics of digestion. So I kind of teased with the show notes that this week we're going to be discussing some digestive uh, tips, ways to improve your digestion. But I wanted to start out by asking you, why is digestion so important in the first place? Why should we be concerned with it?
1: That's kind of a funny question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, It's almost like, why is breathing important? Okay. So... So, there's four necessities to life. Um, The first one is air. Right. We don't get air into our cells. uh, The cells will die, right? And how long can we go without air for? Minutes. Yeah, four or five minutes until we get Dane Bramage. (laughs) Right. Right? Yes. Okay. What's the next one? Water. Water. Yes. Water is like, it's a lubricant, and water helps digestion. Okay. Water's in our, if you have glands that are secreting, In your tube, inside of your body, you know, all the pancreas, the liver, the gallbladder, and all those organs, they have to have fluid to produce mucus and to produce acid or alkalinity. So water's important. How long can you go without water? Maybe a week or two? Maybe. Yeah. So what's the next? Food. Food. Nutrition. Yes. So, you know, all three of those things are important for, you know, breathing nourishing digesting assimilating growing repairing building okay. reproduction production all that fun stuff so you know um it's not just food either it's digesting it's eating the right food and uh you know so digestion is pretty big deal what what are signs of poor digestion i i love saying this next phrase here there's three words four words um passing foul smelling gas (laughs) you do love saying that (laughs) do you pass foul smelling gas i'm not gonna talk about that on a podcast we'll talk
0: off the side about that i think i know what the answer is (laughs) i'm pretty sure i know what the answer is so that's a sign of poor digestion okay oh it absolutely is yeah so i may need to take my dog to the vet that's all i'm gonna say about that
1: (laughs) yeah so basically, it's it's, it's you know what an assembly line is? Well, it's a disassembly line. You're breaking stuff down, so it's a north-to-south process. Okay. So um, there's three big organs of digestion. That would be your stomach, your pancreas, and your gallbladder. And then you can go ahead and add two others. That would be your small intestine and large intestine. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about digestion being a north-to-south process, so, if you have a problem to the south, which direction should you look? South? No. <laughs> north to south process. So if you have a problem oh, way down in the south? south, you want to go north and see what's happening. What's okay? What's bringing it down. Remember gotcha. the analogy with the river. Yes, I'll and never cows forget it. Pooping and peeing. Yes. Do you want to be upstream or downstream?
0: Of I that? was thinking about that while we were hiking last weekend when we were filtering our water. Yeah, yeah. I want to be. I want to be way downstream. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're in a tube, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or rather, <laughs> upstream. I guess. What's
1: that brown stuff on my tube? <laughs> I'm getting a tan. That's poor digestion. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, so so if you're having a problem, you want to go north, just north of that and see what the problem is. So um, if you're having issues with, uh, you know, constipation, diarrhea, you want to go north of that. I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So if you're passing foul-smelling gas, you want to go north. Okay. Away from the foul-smelling gas. (laughs) Absolutely. Very fast. (laughs) So if you're looking at upstream philosophies or ideas on how to get healthy, digestion is a big one. It's up there with your nervous system. Uh, the nervous system controls it, but without good digestion, you know, the, the digestive tract produces a lot of hormones and neurotransmitters. If it's working properly, it's healthy for your brain. So, if you got heartburn, that's a sign that you don't have enough acid in your stomach. Okay. And when you eat food, your stomach has these cells that produce hydrochloric acid. So, what hydrochloric acid does is see the plants an animal meat that you eat that has hormones that protect it and keep it from being absorbed and broken down. What hydrochloric acid does is it deactivates these hormones and helps your body break the foods down and digest them. And what hydrochloric acid also does is it purifies your foods. So when it gets to small intestine, it won't create a lot of harm. Um, It kills bacteria it deactivates a lot of the hormones in the plants um, you know when you chew your food, if you chew it properly, you know your saliva you know secretes all these amazing enzymes that uh you know help to you know prime the digestive pump
0: you know i'm 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 a good food chewer i I grew up my dad really stressed that growing up you've got okay. to chew and chew a lot, yeah really and don't eat fast yeah he he really stressed all that growing up so it's kind of stuck with me Good, yeah yeah
1: um so what will happen is most people think you know oh i've got too much acid in my stomach no what happens is you're not digesting your food when you don't digest your food the food rots in your gut Ugh. yeah and when you have low acid in your stomach that's what happens and then that rotting food produces an acid, and that causes reflux up into your lower esophagus, and you start getting reflux, you start getting heartburn, and you can have just a million other things that happen. Um, So you might say, why is acid so important? Well, in chemistry, you know, there's, there's certain things that get broken down at certain pHs. And so what happens is hydrochloric acid it makes your stomach acetic and so you break down protein better okay okay um so if you don't have enough acid in your stomach you got heartburn you've had it for a long time what happens protein deficiency mm-hmm. okay um when you have protein deficiency what happens you lose muscle mass that's not good yeah so so, you have flabby arms, flabby legs, everything's just flabby. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have, uh, you know, good integrity to your musculature, your structure, things like that. Um, the other thing is iron and calcium are absorbed in an acidic environment. In other words, it goes into the bloodstream easily, more readily. Okay. Okay. If you have an acidic environment. So, what could happen with that? We could have iron deficiency anemia. We could have low bone density, right? Yeah. Okay, because calcium is good for bone density. Um, And a really telltale sign is people just lose their taste for meat. They're just, I don't want to eat meat. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the body is basically saying, hey, we can't digest meat. All you're going to do is when you put it in here, it's just going to rot and putrefy. Protein rotting is called putrefaction. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it just creates a perfect environment for something called H. pylori. H. pylori is what causes acids. Oh, excuse me, ulcers. Okay? okay. The reason you have H. pylori And the reason you have the ulcer is because you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in there to kill it. I see. Okay. And so H. pylori is a person you don't want invited to the party. So when you're not digesting your food, guess what? All kinds of opportunists come in there and they just take over your gut. And you don't have the healthy, good type of bacteria that um, help break down food, help produce vitamins, uh, help produce enzymes, things like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So... Three things that will cause ulcers or or indigestion or heartburn. Eating late meals. Eating late meals, your stomach can hold about four cups. Okay. So when you eat a late meal at night, what's going to happen if you eat a big meal? It's going to push up against that lower part of that esophagus where that opening is. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cause that area, that pressure, it's going to cause back pressure on it. And you can have some reflux there. Okay. Um Three things. Caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine will cause that lower esophageal sphincter to kind of open and close. Really? Yes, it'll
0: irritate it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, anyhow. caffeine's a big one of mine.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, if you eat, drink it late at night, it's going to create problems for you if you have issues with it. Um, so, you know, another thing that I think is just a really neat thing to understand is. Um, if you look at the cycle of life, the way this works, the sun is where all the food grows. That's where we get all our food because the sun hits the plants. The plants produce chlorophyll, photosynthesis, all that stuff. Um, and we have these vegetables that we eat. So we eat the vegetables because of the sun. Mm -hmm. We also eat animals that eat the vegetables because of the sun. And so without the sun... Without crops, without grass, without plants, without animals eating those plants, we really wouldn't have a good food source. So we get our energy indirectly from the sun.
0: That's that's not surprising.
1: No, it's not. Um, so other causes of hydrochloric acid deficiency. We call it achlorohydry, lack of acid. So um, believe it or not, what they use to treat. Heartburn. And acid. And acid, yes.
0: <laughs> that's like my, That yeah. gets me every
1: time. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is, yeah, it's relieving my pain, and they think it's fixing the problem, but it's not even coming close to fixing the problem. It's making it worse. Yeah. Because you are you don't have the, the pH. So when you don't have the pH, you're not absorbing all the good stuff you need to absorb. Um, so a salt-free diet will cause issues with acid deficiency in your stomach. It takes salt to produce acid. Uh, Stress will produce heartburn. When you have stress, your sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, becomes dominant and it shuts down your parasympathetic, which is responsible for digestion. Okay. Of course, the aging process, we all know about that. Yes, sir. Your cells uh, produce less acid as
0: you get older. I'm learning a lot about that.
1: Chronic illnesses. Um, Increased metabolic demands like sports or pregnancy. It takes a lot of energy for the body to produce acid. So, um, anyhow. So, then we can look at the different uh, organs that are situated around the GI tract. Uh, You know, we've got the pancreas. We've got the liver and the gallbladder. Um, If we look at the liver and the gallbladder, the gallbladder or the liver produces six cups of bile a day good grief i had no idea and so the gallbladder stores the bile and the bile um, there's a hormone called cholecystokinin and when you start eating fat your brain senses it your your mouth your taste buds sense it and so your brain sends a signal down um, to your uh, a hormone down there your hypothalamus sends it to your pituitary your pituitary sends it down to your your liver and it produces cck and that causes your gallbladder to contract when fat enters you know your small intestine okay bile is critical um what is basically what soap does to grease it breaks your your grease down into little micelles. Micelles are little balls they're little microscopic balls and so what happens it increases the surface area and so the enzymes and the bile can break down That fat. That's not a downhill process. That takes energy for that to take place. Mm -hmm. It takes coordination for, you know, if we're, if we got a lot of water and we're 70% water, right? Okay. So try, you know, cutting grease with 70% water solution. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So it's an uphill process. And so, um, how many people get their gallbladder removed today? A lot. The gallbladder attaches to the liver. When you have a gallbladder that's sludged up or full of rocks that's a science your liver's not functioning your liver is responsible for so many things for detoxifying for clearing your, your food that comes out of your out of your GI tract it drains all that food cleans it up detoxifies it makes it friendly for the body to handle and then returns it back to your blood um, if, you're, if, you're, if your liver's not working you're, set up, you're setting yourself up for all kinds of bacterial infections same thing with you have low acid. You're setting yourself up for a lot of bacterial infections. You hear these people saying, oh, I got sick at, well, when they say, I got sick at, uh, you know, Joe's Crab Shack, you know, or some <laughs> hole in the wall place. You hear some people just always are getting sick from food. Yeah. There's a really good chance yeah. they're sick to begin with, you know. Yeah. Um, so liver and gallbladder, I mean, it produces six cups. Now, if you don't have a gallbladder, you ain't, you don't have a reservoir.
0: Yeah, I was going to so ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, so
1: you're not going to digest fat. And so if you don't digest fat, your body's just not going to burn fat like it should. It's not going to digest fat.
0: Your bowels aren't going to work like they should. Well, how do, they, how do people get around that when they've had their gallbladder removed? They don't. There's nothing, to, uh, to, there's nothing I guess you could do to replace that because— What do you do? Just put a grocery sack up there and attach <laughs> it to that? I mean, I don't
1: understand. Once the gallbladder's gone, it's history. Yeah. You know, You need your
0: gallbladder. Okay. You, you really do. You know, um, I I figured that because you know God wouldn't put it in there if it was useless. But I hear some doctors act as if it is useless. Well, because they make money off of cutting it cutting it out.
1: That's what that you know. Yeah, hey, uh, it's no big deal. It's it's their day. If you if you if you remove parts and you make a living off of that, that's that's normal. I guess it, it is. It's normal with the sad American diet that we have. Yeah, people have gallbladder issues. It's very common. It's very normal. So. So, anyhow, um, you're not going to digest fat. And, oh, by the way, what are hormones made of? Fat. What are your cell membranes made of? Fat. Everything in our bodies, our nerves are made of fat. So, if your fat's not being metabolized properly, over long haul, you're going to have issues. Yeah. You not know? bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of talked about the liver and gallbladder together. Um, the common bile duct is basically, uh, you know, the bile duct with the pancreatic duct that combine and enter into the sphincter of adi, which is the first section of the small intestine. So this is an alkaline secretion. Why do we have an alkaline secretion? Because when the stomach empties in the first part of the small intestine, it neutralizes the acid. If the gallbladder is blocked, if the bile duct is blocked, we're not getting that alkaline fluid getting into the small intestine. So guess what? happens when the stomach empties into the first part of the small intestine it's acidic acid and that's where ulcers happen okay commonplace so if ulcers are happening there they don't have a gallbladder that's working their bile's not going i mean it's just it's kind of a tough situation you know so so there's things that you can do to help your gallbladder and liver function eating green leafy vegetables is great Um, you know, when you eat a lot of green leafy vegetables and get rid of the junk food, it's a great way to detox your liver. If you go on a diet and you do something called fasting and go on a low carbohydrate diet, you can actually burn the fat around your liver and your viscera. And that's extremely healthy for your body. Okay. And so that's a good way to help your liver function better. You ever heard of non-alcoholic fatty liver? That's no. what we're talking. Well, that's what we're talking about. Okay. So a fatty liver just doesn't function. It's not not healthy
0: at all. And if somebody has a fatty liver, they're not a healthy person. Okay. So yeah, I knew that wasn't good. And and you called it non-alcoholic. So do alcoholics normally have a lot of fat alcohol- around? Their-
1: well, alcoholics typically will put their, their liver will be diseased. Their yeah. GI tract will be diseased. And so they'll have the typical beer belly with a lot of fat around their gotcha viscera and that. So anyhow. Um, you know and so you got the liver and gallbladder and then you got the pancreas uh you know the pancreas uh breaks down the carbohydrates the proteins and fats as well and its secretions neutralize that acid like we were talking about um the pancreatic juice contains three different enzymes one's called trypsin which digests protein then there's amylase which digests your sugar and your uh, your carbohydrates there's lipase, which digests fats. Um, And there's also enzymes inside of the small intestine. It's called the area called the brush border, um, where that area actually produces a lot of vitamins that we talked about, intrinsic factor and B12, things like that. Um, And so when the food goes into your small intestine, it sits there for about 3 to 10 hours. Okay. Okay. 90 percent of the absorption of your food um, and your digestion takes place in a small intestine okay all right um the ph is about normal which is about 7.0 which is about water ph the intestinal walls are amazing you know they've got this brush board they also have these little villi that we talked about and these villi are finger-like projections that increase the surface area for for more digestion to take place for more enzymes to be produced Yeah, Um, that fascinated me. It is. I mean, you could open up that small intestine, and it would have the surface area. If you laid all the villi out, the little finger-like projections, it'd have the surface
0: area of a football field. Like AstroTurf?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And so (laughs) the reason we have all that surface area is because it lowers the energy required for these reactions to take place. Okay. Okay. So you have more surface areas. So you have these little finger like projections. They're very microscopic, and each finger like projection will have a capillary and a venule that's very microscopic. They can uh hold a blood cell single file. But the also the lymphatic tissues in the lact in, in these areas as well. There's something called gut as asho- uh, gut associated lymphoid tissue. Okay. Which drains, it's in the small intestine, but this is an area of high research because there's a ton of information on bacteria, on the immune response, but this gut associated lymphoid tissue is just extremely vital and important for overall digestion and absorption. So, there's all kinds of glands inside of your small intestine that secrete mucus and uh, vitamins and things. And so We have a lot of things taking place in the small intestine you know it receives a mixture of of food from the stomach and secretions from the liver and the pancreas all right okay through the common bile duct it chemically and mechanically breaks down the food mixture absorbs nutrients and transports the waste to the large intestine now here's an area called the ileocecal valve Ilium is the last part of the small intestine it's a valve it's a valve that allows you know, the last part of the small intestine, They've bought, hopefully it's squeezed just about all the nutrients it can. It's getting ready to turn into poo. Okay. And so that valve allows the food, What what's the food in the small intestine, what's left over it to go into the large intestine where it turns into poop. So that ileocecal valve can malfunction. When it malfunctions, the poop can go back into the small intestine. That doesn't sound like a good deal at all. It doesn't. So, if your poop is really thin, like the size of a pencil, yeah. you've had issues for a long time, and most people usually know that, okay? Okay. But the inside of your intestines, when you eat fiber and you go to the bathroom and so forth, the inside should have, I mean, you should have a good-sized bore coming out, okay? All right. If they're thin, that's not good. If they're always thin, that means the inside of your opening, you call it the luminous small. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah, I heard a doctor discussing that very subject one time and he said just think about it when you change a diaper. You're like, "How did that come out of that little baby?" Yeah. When I go to the bathroom and it's so small. He mm-hmm. said that's that's you got an issue. You yeah. got a serious issue. Yeah. Um, so the large intestines where we reabsorb a lot
1: of things like sodium and potassium and water. Um the biggest problem with the large intestine is dysbiosis where the the flora just in bad shape there's about four pounds of bacteria inside of your large intestine um
0: and that's is that good that's good bacteria
1: it's just bacteria depending on what the person eats i see so it could be digestion is north south process if you're having problems in your large intestine chances are you're eating garbage okay and so if you have dysbiosis you have really crappy bacteria um that means you know you're you're going to be sick a lot and what do they do when you're sick they give you antibiotics what does that do it kills more of the bacteria that's right yeah i was reading something the other day there is a they these super bugs yeah where they keep at there's like it's you remember the arms race mm-hmm. you know where russia's building arms the united states is building arms we're trying to you know was build the biggest nuclear always where we can blow yeah. up the world you know crazy stuff well it's like there's bacteria wars Bacterial warfare with these bacteria, people were getting sicker, they had poor health, uh, and so they're building these powerful antibiotics. One of the bacteria antibiotics is called uh, ventomycin. and ventomycin? yeah, what happened was they started using it, and the bacteria were able to adapt and regenerate and grow to the point where there was a bacteria that actually fed off of the antibiotic. Okay. If the antibiotic wasn't present, the bacteria wasn't present. How about that? that? Yeah. That's kind of scary, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, these bacteria are smart and if you take bacteria, antibiotics on a regular basis and you don't eat healthy and you have dysbiosis altered bacteria profile in your gut, it's a losing battle. You got to you just got there 's no shortcuts you got to start eating healthy now now some other things that will help is good quality exercise if you do like a good abdominal exercise, that helps to facilitate the bowels because you 're compressing the uh the abdomen with the exercises and your breathing and all that 's really good too Improve uh,
0: bowel function okay all that's really good exercise Um, is good all the way around it is it is well we are quickly running out of time for this episode but i've been making a list as you've been talking and i've come up uh, i want to run these past you and see see if these are correct these are the tips that i come up with just from listening to you on how to improve digestion okay number one lots of water drink water okay don't eat too late that's a good one. Now, how late is too late? Does it depend on what time you lay off? You know if you're
1: a night shifter, I mean. But the thing is, if you eat at six o'clock and you go to bed at nine, that's good. Okay. All right. You, you want to hear these, the three hour gap between. Yeah, you, you hear these people elevating ahead the of their bed and so forth. I do that. <laughs> yeah. It's but to not stop. For, not they do it digestion. to stop reflex. Reflex. Ah. Reflux. Yeah. So if you got a bunch of food or you got caffeine, alcohol, or. Uh, caffeine, alcohol, or.
0: Nicotine. nicotine. Um, That's just going to make it worse. Yeah, listen. Yeah,
1: that's
0: good. That's good. Okay, I I lift my my bed. I raise my bed to stop snoring, and that's it. Okay, Okay. stay away from antacids.
1: Stay away from them, but you got to do something. You got to make a lifestyle change or, you know, because the antacid will relieve it, but it's going to create more problems down the road. So most of the answers to, to better digestion
0: is better diet. It's just common sense stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not rocket science. And also, remove stressful areas of your life. Yes. Stress is, is a point. Uh Griefy. uh Griefy. <laughs> griefy. <laughs> Green, leafy vegetables. Occasional fasts. Oh, fasts are really good. Okay. Yeah.
1: Low ha- carbohydrate's good, too. Now, okay. low carbohydrate, I mean, eat vegetables. Vegetables contain carbohydrates, but they're good carbohydrates. Um you know, low carbohydrates a great way to get your body to start
0: eating more fat. All right. Um, fat's
1: really important, you
0: know, so. Okay, I've got uh, two more on my list. Uh, fiber, high-fiber diet? Not necessarily. Really? You know, high-fiber diet is
1: like a, hey, I'm going to put you on a high-fiber diet. Eat vegetables. Okay. Okay.
0: So you, apples, if, broccoli, oh yeah, carrots. See, and the good squash. thing is, I love all that. Yeah, all that stuff. So that's got good fiber. It's got soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. All right, lots of water. I mentioned that and exercise.
1: Yes, exercise, moving. If you're somebody that sits all day, chances are you're going to have some some type of challenge with digestion.
0: Yeah, and I do. I yeah. sit most of the day. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Got to get me a standing desk. We talked about that. Yeah. You done told me about that. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Manning, I feel like I'm going to uh, go out here and improve my digestion after this episode just by eating healthier. Good. Very good. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? Oh,
1: you know, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. I mean, we're just hitting the high spots. But, uh, you know, so if you're B-deficient, you know, B is produced in your large intestine, Um, And so B deficiency produces all kinds of skin problems, all kinds of mental health issues, you know. So looking to digestion is
0: a good way to get healthy.
1: Excellent. Yeah. So anyhow,
0: that's great. And if you you have any uh, questions about your digestion or anything that we've discussed or just anything dealing with health, feel free to give us a call. You can reach us at area code 615-672-7878. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to stop by Dr. Banning's practice here. It's on it's located at 147 Raymond Hirsch Parkway. Can't miss it, a big sign out front. And check out our website. Our website is at whitehousechiropractic.com. And from there you can find all the podcasts and there's a contact form there where you can send in to ask us questions if you don't want to call. Dr. Banning, this has been eye-opening and I'm excited about getting healthy again. Glad to hear it. Finally. (laughs) Happy trails. (laughs) Thank you. We'll see you next episode.